Oh, that was like a little throwback to our original intro music. Welcome to episode 620 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, the world's number one pinball podcast. And now we are almost at 200 people contributing to Canada's Pinball Podcast. I want to give a big shout out to my latest Patreon contributors, Aaron C., Danny T., Bud and Martin J. Thank you so much, guys. We're going to get to 200 probably today, and there is a new club episode coming tomorrow. So you're really going to want to sign up tonight because you're going to get my thoughts on the David Fix interview, on some other things happening in pinball. But on this episode, I want to talk a little bit about the David Fix interview, but I also want to talk about Stern's Insider Connected and how this is really going to be how Stern makes a lot a lot of money for not doing very much, but they're smart. They're smart. This is the biggest untapped revenue stream in the history of pinball for Stern Pinball, and they are going to capitalize on it. So will it be fun for us or will it be a headache? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Jersey Jack Pinball having a fourth designer join the design team, what that means for JJP. But first, I want to start with something. I want to start with something that I read on Pinside. And before I talk about this topic, I want to ask all of you a question. It's a joke question, but I want to ask it. Before Mount Everest, what was the tallest mountain on planet Earth? Think about it for a few seconds. Okay. The answer of the tallest mountain before Mount Everest is Mount Everest. It was still the tallest mountain on the planet before it was named. And I'm in the pin side thread. I'm in the spooky Halloween thread. And I'm reading some people say the following. They are saying that the insert issue on the Halloween games that cost $9,000, that that insert issue of Hedge Multiba, They keep saying that this was not an issue until Canada said it was an issue. And I'm here to tell everybody that this was an issue way before I spotted it. When I played this game, in the first three minutes of playing it, watching the game light up, I noticed this. And you're telling me that it's an issue now because I'm bringing attention to it on my show and on Facebook and making fun of it because this is not a deal breaker. Like, if this thing annoys you so much that you're not going to buy the game, you're in the wrong hobby. But the reason I want to talk about this for a little bit, because I think there's an underlying issue happening here. I think there's an issue of people accepting stuff that should never make it into production. And there are details that are important to get right when you're making stuff like a pinball machine that cost this much money. And I've been criticized and my show has been criticized and it's why my show is number one because I don't care about those criticisms that I point stuff out that I think should be changed or altered or should have got caught at the pre-production level of a game. And my critics will say, that this is Canada being negative, and this is how Canada turns his back on the manufacturers, right? Spooky came on his show, and they did come on my show, and I'm still friends with the gang over at Spooky. I still have an Ultraman on order, but because I support the company doesn't mean I should turn a blind eye if their games have issues. And because I interview you, 
on my show, and we had a great interview with Spooky Pinball, episode number 600. It was an incredible interview, and our numbers are doing better than they've ever done. Orbiter Albert is at 4,000 listens, and I'm not hiding my numbers. You can see how successful my show is week in and week out. I share my numbers. David Fix got 2,000 listens in less than 24 hours. That's incredible. And I love that, right? But because I had Spooky on, it doesn't mean if I see this, I'm not going to say something. It doesn't mean if I don't like the animations in Halloween, I'm not going to say something. Because if I don't say something and I don't point out some of these things, who is going to do it for you? No other shows are going to do it for you. But, but let's keep this thing in context. For those who say this was not an issue until Kaneda pointed it out, you're wrong. It was an issue. And with all the people over at Spooky, someone should have caught it. Like, we know that. And now you've got a game that looks like something was overlooked. And is it a big issue? No. Will it take away your fun of the game? I don't know. It's going to be somewhat distracting. And I also love when people say, I'm not going to let Kaneda tell me whether or not I can enjoy my game. All right, look, everybody, simmer down. Simmer down. There are other games out there that have insert issues just like this. But my other point. The other lesson in life is two wrongs don't make a right to point at other games that have these issues as justification for this current issue is also inane. These games are now costing so much money. If your expectations are higher of these products at these price points, guess what? They should be. And I'm not here slamming spooky. It clearly was a mistake they didn't fix. It's clearly something now a lot of people are staring at, but that's why details matter. If you walk into a fine restaurant and there's a gravy stain on the white tablecloth, that's not going to change whether or not the meal is any good coming out from the kitchen. It's not going to change if you enjoy every bite, but you will remember that stain on the tablecloth. When I see a game like Halloween and I see how beautiful the art is and I see how nice the game shoots, and then you see Hedge Multiba. It's kind of like looking at a beautiful woman, right? You see a beautiful woman. She looks perfect. And then she smiles at you and she's missing a tooth. It's not a big deal, right? It's not a deal breaker. It's not a game changer. But there's just something about it that every time you look at it, you're going to notice it. And that's what little details like this when you get them wrong. That's what they do to pinball owners. Remember, a lot of these games are going into people's homes and they would like them to be without mistakes like this. And so what will Spooky do to fix this issue if it's an issue? Well, now it's an issue, right? Because Kaneda said something. We have to get his show off the air because we can't have someone holding companies accountable for these high priced toys that nobody really needs. Well, look, Spooky Pinball is definitely not going to be able to send people out new playfields. It's not that big of an issue. The playfields themselves are still beautiful. They're not going to chip. They're not going to pull. I think the first hundred or so owners, if these issues are on those games only, they will joke and laugh. The more we make Hedge Multibah something to joke about, the more fun it is to actually have a Hedge Multibah edition of this game. The Hedge Multibot edition actually becomes the rarest version of Halloween. Remember, when they printed the airplane upside down on a stamp, it became more valuable. In the toy collecting world, it is the variants or the variations, the mistake prints 
that become the most expensive. So yes, on some crazy level, if this hobby continues to go down this road of valuing these pinball machines as collectibles, then absolutely the Hedge Multi-Bot Edition will go down as the rarer, more sought-after version of Halloween. Does it sound stupid when I say it? Absolutely. Is it a joke? Absolutely. Should people stop taking this stuff so seriously? Absolutely. But Canada will not stop pointing these things out and having a good laugh because it's entertaining to see these companies try so hard, right? Develop a game for two years and you've got all those people at Spooky Pinball and nobody looks down at the game and says, dude, it says Hedge Multibot every time it lights up. Did nobody see this? Come on, Chuck, call a meeting. Guys, from here on out, how about this? Canada will come and look over every new game before it goes out, before you go into production, and let me go over it with a fine, cynical comb and tell you what you need to change before people like me point it out after it's too late. So speaking of another funny thing here, and we've always joked on this show, we've joked about how pinball marketing is so funny and so bad and usually so sloppy. And I was just laughing because in the photo in which Jersey Jack Pinball is announcing their fourth designer, welcome to the JJP team, Mr. Mark Saden, I believe you say it, Saden. And he's joining Steve Ritchie, Pat Lawler, and Eric Minier. Now, Jersey Jack on their official Facebook page put out a really funny photo of all four gentlemen in different parts of the factory. They were outdoors, they were indoors. But there's a funny photo that's really hilarious. And it's one of the photos of the four of them standing in front of the Jersey Jack pinball sign outside the company. And what I love about this, if you're framing this photo and you want your four designers to stand in front of Jersey Jack pinball with pride, go look at this photo. They take the photo and two of them are covering most of the letters of Jersey Jack pinball so that when you look at it, it says RC Ack Enball. RC Ack Enball. Like, like nobody said to them, hey guys, could you just both of you in the middle just move a little bit out and then put your arm around the guy next to you and it'll say Jersey Jack Pinball and you guys will look like you're actually having a good time. I mean, Steve Ritchie looks like he just found out that he can't access his crypto account in which he left $200 million in it. And then even funnier, even funnier behind it, there's a sign that says now hiring Jersey Jack Pinball. So I was just laughing at this because it's funny. Every time I take a photo, Brenda is always yelling at me how important it is to frame the photo properly. And this is your moment in which you're showing the four new designers and nobody said, hey, we can't read the company sign. So from here on out, I now consider there to be two versions of Jersey Jack Pinball. There's Jersey Jack Pinball as we know it, and then there's RC Ack Enball. And I'm almost more excited for RC Ack Enball than I am for Jersey Jack Pinball because maybe RC Ack Enball is not gonna have playfield issues. Maybe RC Ack Enball isn't gonna have a warranty in which they won't cover anything in the game after you buy it. So we'll see. So I have high hopes for RC Ack Enball. As far as JJP, let's talk about the fact that they have a fourth designer. So everybody knows that Jersey Jack's main problem is manufacturing. And we've said this before. We said this when they hired Steve Ritchie, which is great. There's no issues with having more designers. I mean, having a lot of designers on your team is fine. But the real issue in pinball is never design. It's manufacturing. Manufacturing is where every company struggles. 
It's where all the delays occur. It's where all the problems happen with a pinball company. Now, Jersey Jack Pinball has a manufacturing problem, and their problem remains the same thing as it did years ago. This company can't announce, reveal, and ship two games in a timely manner. That is the number one problem of Jersey Jack Pinball. It is not a design problem. It is a manufacturing problem. Now, I think in the past, there was a real delay from the design team to get products to manufacturing. And there was. It wasn't a parts issue. There was no COVID back in the day. The reason why it took so long to get games like Dialed In out, the reason why there was normally a delay at JJP is that Pat Lawler takes a really long time to complete his games. There were also delays in the software department, right? Keith Johnson also takes a really long time to code his games. Now, look, you could debate whether or not it's worth it. And to some people, it is. To some people, it's not. But at a company level, where Jersey Jack Pinball is today in 2021, they are still really slow when it comes to getting a portfolio of games out the door, especially when we look at what's happening down the block at Stern, in which Stern can get four to six games out a year, four new titles, two remakes, a contract game. Stern is just so efficient at manufacturing. Stern doesn't just manufacture the game that's available today. They also make games from their back catalog. Now, Jersey Jack did just announce they're going to remake more Willy Wonkas. But what we really want and what everyone is really hoping to get is not more Willy Wonka. What we want is to see in a 12-month period Guns N' Roses announced, revealed, and shipped. And within that 12 months or at the end of it, because we just passed the one-year anniversary of GNR's reveal, within that window... Reveal your next game and ship your next game. Not a previous game, but your next title. But we're still not seeing that. So when you see Mark come on board, and Mark's known in the homebrew community, he made the Metroid pinball machine. When is Mark's game going to come out, right? If you just start to ask, at the pace they're going, where it's one new game every 18 months, this guy's game is now going to follow Toy Story, Eric Minier's next game, Steve Ritchie's game, and then we get to his title. Now, the rumor I'm hearing, and this is a rumor, so go ahead and grab it and say I got the facts wrong. The rumor I'm hearing is that Toy Story will most likely be Pat Lawler's final title. I'm not 100% confirmed on that. If he's not retiring, he can easily come out and say it. But I'm hearing that this might be his last title. Now, that would make sense if they're bringing on Mark as a way to populate their design team with enough resources into the future. And I like that Mark is young. I like that he's young. I like that he's an unknown. I always feel like when you give young talent an opportunity to show us what they can do, this is how you get new thinking into pinball. I don't have as much faith in Steve Ritchie as I do in Mark to bring exciting new pinball designs and worlds under glass to life. I just don't. I've seen Steve's recent games, and I, I hope he does it. I hope he turns a corner. But Mark is someone who's trying to make a name for himself. He's someone who wants to become pinball famous by joining a company like JJP. Steve Ritchie is already pinball famous. There's nothing he can do to solidify his legacy. It is solidified. He doesn't have to win people over. But what he needs to do now, if you're Steve Ritchie, 
He needs to do this next game for himself to prove to himself that he still has it. And if you don't still have it, if you don't, if the sales aren't there and the consumers don't gravitate to it and you don't reach your sales target for Jersey Jack Pinball, there comes a time in every man's career where you just have to say, I don't have it anymore and I retire. Now, I don't think Steve's ever going to retire. I think Steve's going to design to his very last day on planet Earth and that's cool, but I just hope that this game is much better than his previous efforts at Stern. Now, I made a bet. I made a bet with someone recently for a hundred bucks surrounding Jersey Jack Pinball. And I wanna say this bet on air because I want this person to pay out when it doesn't happen. I made a $100 bet with Dr. Frightener on Pinside. You know him as Larry. Larry bet me $100 that Toy Story would be shown at IAPA in November. So IAPA is like the second week in November. It's the big amusement show down in Orlando. And I was like, there is no way. There is no way. If we don't see it at Expo, there is no way Toy Story is going there. And he's like, they have to show it there. It's the main show where everyone shows everything. It doesn't matter. Pinball does not need to be there. Pinball does not need to be at these big conventions where all these amusement devices are being shown because pinball will still sell without that. Like they didn't need to bring GNR to IAPA to sell 5,000 units. Nobody does. I know that operators go there to place orders on items, but it doesn't matter. Pinball is so small, it's so niche, and you already know how to reach tens of thousands of potential pinball buyers without going to IAPA. So Larry, get your $100 ready because I would be shocked if Toy Story is at IAPA because it would have to be on the line already. And I know for a fact it is not on the line. In fact, the rumor I'm hearing is that it's not even done yet. Look, you know I love Toy Story. You know I love Toy Story and I want to buy Toy Story. But for me, the big thing I want to see with Jersey Jack's Toy Story and the next title moving forward, I want to see that they've actually fixed these play field issues. They still don't want to talk about it. I saw Mirko canceled being at Expo. He's no longer going to be there Saturday morning doing a panel about Mirko play fields. I want to know they fixed that problem. I would hate, I would hate, hate, hate to buy Toy Story and see that they have not removed the art from around the posts and the game is filled with a bunch of cheap washers as an excuse not to fix the process of how they're making their play fields. I know this is an inconvenient thing to stay on, but until they've proven to us that they've fixed this problem, why would we move on from this issue when we think about buying their products in the future? Am I the only one who thinks this way? Like, all right, like they've got this quality issue that they haven't really addressed. So they want everyone to go silent on it and they don't want people like Canada to keep bringing it up. But with every new game, and we're gonna see how these Willy Wonkas hold up, but I see the Willy Wonkas are once again shipping with washers under all these posts. Let me tell Jersey Jack right now, every game that ships with a washer under the post is you telling us you haven't fixed the problem. And the reason why I know that is every single company with good play fields does not have washers like that under all those posts. So it's not a good look, it's not fooling anybody, and we need you to fix the problem. But anyway, we'll see what Mark does. We'll see what Mark does. I have no idea like when his game would come out. At the pace they're going, 
Mark's title won't be out for like four years. So how can you get excited about this stuff? It's really strange to me. I hope they get their manufacturing fixed. The main news I want to see from JJP is that they've ramped up their manufacturing. And I know they're working on that clearly. That's why they have Wonkas and GNRs on the line at the same time. I don't think they've made two separate titles ever in Chicago. So this is their approach to getting there. I want to see Jersey Jack within a 12 to 14 month period be able to make, ship, release, and reveal two new titles. Not just one, two new titles. Let's talk about Stern Insider Connect. So I went to sign up as Canada on Stern Insider Connect, and I knew it would happen, and it happened. Somebody grabbed my Canada name and my personal name and used the three greatest letters as my initials. S-U-X sucks. And I'm happy they did this because they know that Canada does suck at playing pinball. So thank you so much, whoever you are, that grabbed the Canada avatar and use my personal name. But it does show a problem Stern's going to have here. If you give everybody the ability just to sign up with whatever Gmail address and can take anybody's name, can use anyone's personal name, and then they're in the system as that, I don't think they thought this through how easy it is to sort of troll and hack and pretend to be somebody you're not. So it's fine, I don't really care, but let's talk about this insider thing. I was not on the webinar, but I read a lot of the notes and here's my take on this whole thing is until we use it, until we actually see how this works, I don't think anyone out there really knows if this is gonna be great, if this is gonna be neat, if this is gonna be annoying, if this is gonna be a ripoff. I don't think anyone knows yet. I think there's definitely gonna be some really cool features that target like the hardcore weekly pinball player. Stuff like the badges and the achievements and going around to different locations could unlock things for you. If you play pinball frequently right now and you're in a league and you're in tournaments and you go all over the country and the world playing pinball, this is a great way for them to track you, know who you are, know how much you love pinball, and reward you. So I think the community out there is really going to embrace this on a lot of levels like that because I think for those people, you're not really going to see a cost to that. You're not. Like Stern's going to use your behavior to reward you. The operators are going to be able to reward you and incentivize you to not only play the machines at their locations, but also reward you with things from those operators. So imagine you play a pinball machine and you could win a free beer. You could order the burger with the beer and the fries, and if you order the combo, that could come with a QR code to have a free pinball game. That stuff is really cool, it's really neat, and I think people are gonna love that. The other thing I like about this connected machine is now you can upgrade the software without having to take off the back glass. If you're an operator, you can change the way the game is set up remotely, which is really cool. There's a lot of stuff to like, but the thing I'm worried about, the thing I'm worried about is the home buyer. I think Stern is going to use this as a Trojan horse to sort of get a lot more money from the home buyer, the collector, the person who's not out there playing pinball on location all the time, the person who can afford his own beer and doesn't need to win a free beer playing pinball. I think Stern Pinball is going to bake into this new system a lot of different revenue streams and microtransactions as ways to get you to have to keep spending money on your pinball machine well after you buy it. 
and they are definitely gonna do that. They're definitely gonna add new modes, they're gonna add new features, and you're gonna be able to get it and unlock the true potential of your machine at a cost. There is no way they are not gonna charge you a monthly fee to get those things. There's no way the stuff they add to these games are just gonna be minuscule things nobody wants. They know what they're doing, they're not stupid. Imagine if you have a game like Batman 66. The one main thing that I've always felt was missing from Batman 66 was there was no season three option for the main villains, right? The minor villains all had three seasons of different modes you could select, but the major villains were only two seasons, which kind of made no sense because there were three seasons of the show. And so, imagine if Stern Pinball made a complete third season of all the modes and this and that. They don't need to do that. It doesn't complete the game. The game's already complete in their mind. What could they charge for that? And imagine if they were thinking of putting that in, right? Imagine if they were thinking of upgrading the code in a machine. Well, why would you give it away for free? And I think those days are coming. And I don't think people really want that. All I really want, all I really want, and I'm telling you this, all I really want, I want to buy a game from a pinball company that is complete the day I buy it. And then I would like to have the opportunity for there to be some online features where maybe I could play with people and my friends. I would like there to be an ability to connect those machines. And I don't mind paying like an annual fee, right, for Stern's ability to connect me to other pinball players and machines across the world. I don't mind paying 50, 60 bucks for that. I pay that for Xbox. So I don't mind that. But I don't really want to do a lot of micro things. And that works in the video game space because there's millions of users. But I'm not really sure it's going to work in pinball. But the thing I just don't know yet because I haven't used it and I haven't bought a new Stern machine with this. I just don't know as a player of pinball how easy it is going to be for me and for you to opt out of all this stuff if I don't want it? What if I don't want to do all these microtransactions? What if I don't want to spend extra money? What if I don't want this on my machine? Well, it's going to be on every machine. And you're not going to be able to like pay for your machine cheaper if you don't want it. It's also going to give Stern the ability to know what you're doing with your machine. Do you want them spying on your machine? Because you will have to connect your machine to Stern. So they will now know if you've done modding, if you've added stuff. I don't even like that either. I don't want them to know that because I put a Gandalf with light up staff on my machine, they can now somehow detect that and they might void my warranty because of that. So we are losing some of our own personal freedoms with our machines because they will be able to spy on our machines and the code and the mods if we do it. You know, so there's pros and cons here with this whole thing. I'm keeping an open mind on this. I'm not sure where it's going to net out. I'm keeping an open mind. But I definitely, I definitely think over the next year, how Stern rolls this out is going to be interesting. I don't think they know what they're going to price this at. I think that's the big question mark. I think Stern is still debating and internally they're not sure what they can get away with. And I think they're going to have to eventually say it's this much a month. Each new DLC is going to be this much. And when they start doing that, and now that we're already spending $10,500 on an LE, and you are going to have to spend even more money to unlock that LE, there's going to come a point where a lot of us just say, this is not worth it. How much is an Xbox before you buy Xbox Live? Think about it. How much are Xbox games? 
And those games are connecting you to millions of people who play. And you're going to spend $10,500 and now you got to spend more. $10,500 and you don't get a topper. $10,500, they don't even give you the upgraded shooter rod item, right? You're not even getting Mothra's egg as the shooter rod when you buy the LE. Now, speaking of the LE, did you see the foiled artwork on Godzilla LE? Damn, it looks nice. Thanks for sharing that, Keith Elwin. But I also think Stern is smart. Nobody else has done this. Nobody else has thought through online properly. Jersey Jack hasn't. P3 hasn't. And nobody can do it like Stern because they have the user base. They have the games. They have the games both on location and in homes. They're in the driver's seat when it comes to this revenue stream and the potential revenue stream around Stern Insider Connected. And so we will see how this thing transpires. Personally, I don't think pinball needs so much. I think there are elements here that are great. I think there are things here that are going to be fun. I also think some of this stuff is going to be annoying because I think they're going to charge you for things that you should get for $10,500. I do. I, I fully believe that. Like if you buy an LE, shouldn't that come with a year free of Stern Insider Connect and all the bonus features of the game you just bought? They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. They're going to make you pay like everybody else, like everyone who bought a pro. All right, everybody, this has been episode 620. I didn't even talk about David Fix. I'm going to talk about David Fix. I'm going to do that on my club show tomorrow. So if you're a club member, look out for that. Thank you, everybody, for the support. Like I said, the numbers are up. The Facebook Live audiences have been amazing. The merchandise is coming. I have a merchandise solution. You're going to be able to get everything you want with the Canada merch. I'm very, very thankful for each and every one of you. I don't know what to tell the haters. They've been turning it on a little bit lately. It's okay. It's okay. I'm very confident in this show and the fact that we have the number one audience. We have the most listeners and we get people like David Fix on the show. You saw the way that interview went. Oh, big bad Canada. He's going to turn on these people. Look, I'm always going to tell you how I really feel about these companies, their products. I will hold them accountable for the games they make. I will not personally attack them, but that doesn't mean I won't attack a game that's got glaring issues or quality problems or shoots like crap. That's why we're here. That's why it's interesting. If I said everything in pinball was awesome, I would have no listeners, no twippies, and no fans. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back shortly. Yeah. Tonight, white clef fake on, we see on the bill. Whoa.